Nice Boys, the film podcast. An amateur film study podcast for the average Joe, the buffest buffs, and the cringest bingers. I'm your host, JP, and I'm joined by my brother, professional Hollywood videographer, Corey, with a story. Welcome back to one of the most awe-inspiring episodes you've ever seen. And uh, really, some inspiring... There's so many farts, but one of those things inspired the the notable smooth pants. Yeah, um, uh, we were me and Riss watched uh, when we watched uh, one of these films. We were like, "Whoa, this is very reminiscent. It's it's happier. It's more positive, but it's uh, yeah. very reminiscent of uh, yeah. You see, a couple of pairs of pants that I know. Uh, <laughs> um, so. But- yeah. Today is an exciting day. This is an episode that Corey has been wanting to do for a while. Um, and I finally made it to the theaters, actually, just the other day. Um, and uh, so, yeah, we're talking about Daniels. Really hard for me to not say the. Re- no, every the. time it's. But it's like Pixies. I think that's what they're going for. Like the. Because you know how mm. many bands are like the Beatles. But then, yeah, yeah. but then their Pixies was just no the, you know, it's just a plural noun. And that's what Justin Daniels Timberlake. is. And I can feel yeah. that. Justin Timberlake walked in the room and just said, drop the the. And they all did it. Um, I, I think that's what it's reminiscent of is Pixies. That's what I would assume are uh, band names like that. Um, but I think that it's cool because it's like an art collective. Um, yeah, yeah. And I think you know when there's a duo, people do kind of boil it down to the the Cohen brothers, mm-hmm. the Wachowskis, um, the. It's more of an entity than people. Yeah, it, it makes is. it seem like an art collective. Um, or like there could be how many? Who knows how many Daniels are involved in this crew? Uh, uh, like the Josh fight, but with Daniels. So, do you want have any? Do you want to give any kind of introduction about the Dan, about Daniels or? Uh, um... The only thing I knew really going into any of the I saw Swiss Army Men over the pandemic, and prior to that, I had not heard of them, and I didn't even after watching Swiss Army Man, I didn't realize that they did that it was done by Daniels. Because uh, I, I don't know, I just didn't really look at it. I just heard it was good, and I had seen the uh, trailer for it. And it looked good and funny, and uh, and then I was on a job earlier this year, and I sh- was showing somebody smooth pants, and they uh, they said, "Oh, this reminds me so much of Daniels. Are you a huge Daniels fan?" And I said, "I don't know who, what movies, and Swiss Army Man." And it was uh, it was very mind uh, exploding because I'm a huge fan of the movie, and it influenced like a whole like a direction of like how I like to shoot stuff now. Um, yeah. Very- yeah. I can see the, <laughs> I can see it now. Absolutely. And I mean, I knew that's what you were doing going into it, but you kind of forget about it when you get so focused on, on your projects. Um, so yeah, the uh, Daniels are made up of two Daniels, uh, Daniel Kwan, Daniel, Dan Kwan and Daniel Schneider. um, and uh, they they write and direct their films. Um, they apparently began as uh, music video directors. Um, they Corey, you said mentioned before the podcast they did turn down for turn down for what? Yeah, um, that was Lord like their John biggest... and DJ Snake. Yeah. Um, and they just a Manchester Manchester Orchestra videos, and uh, I think they had a couple of one more notable name. 
trying to remember here. Um, I, I, the Wikipedia says uh, Foster the People, The Shins, Tenacious D. Um, that's it. Tenacious D was one I was they, thinking of. They co founded a group called We Direct Music Videos. Um, <laughs> And uh, described as a global community of music video directors who are committed to sustainable directorial labor practices. So that's cool. Um, so what I uh, know them for is Swiss Army Man. Um, and through one of the more well-known A24 films, especially at the time. Um, and then I was also familiar with The Death of Dick Long. I have not seen it, but it has been on my list to see. Uh, my long uh, myth, myth, uh, mythologized, um, a 24 binge that I never finished. Um, but I think this is, this is motivating me now that I've seen, I keep seeing the new ones that are coming out and it's just like, man, there's only like 10 that you haven't seen. Just mm. close it out. It's like a ham of video games, like, like a Skyrim yeah. kind of game. I will play 150 hours but I will not finish it somehow. I'll play 300 hours. I'll I'll play. I'll be so thorough and completionist, and then I'll get to the yeah. end, and I'm just like, I'm bored. I can't do anymore. Like I just don't want to do anymore. I do um, that with every one of games I play, like story driven games I played. I did that with Horizon Zero Dawn. I did that with Red Dead. I still haven't beat Red Dead Redemption, and I put in 100 110 hours in that. But I'll play a Doom for 120 and still go back to it constantly. Yeah, real, just real quick, uh, and then I'll, we can get back to the movies. But Riss says that it is like some kind of fear of finishing things, and yeah. uh, you don't want a thing that you really enjoy to end. Um, and but part of it is that if it's really long, I get sick of it. Um, but it, but I've been like I've made an effort to go back and finish games. Um, mm. Like I. Uh, finished a few games that I had put off, and it feels good. It feels good. It's it's there's like emotional, yeah. there's bittersweetness, but it feels good. And I feel like that's how this pro that project will feel. But for sure, this the these two were on part of that that binge. Um, and uh, and uh, I've uh, yeah, so I really love I really love the style, really love the style. And I knew that it was a big deal when Swiss Army Man came out. Because it was getting a lot of press because you people were like, Harry Potter's doing something weird. Uh like he's funny and weird and like uh, and just like then world didn't know what to do with it for like a second. Um they're just like there's actually multiple movie multiple movies that Daniel Radcliffe has done, uh where there's like a viral image that came out from the set where he's just mm -hmm. doing something crazy and weird. I know that um he, got, he did like weird theater stuff where he got naked like immediately after Harry Potter was done. <laughs> um like, oh my contract's over. Now I can show my dick. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I think that Daniel Radcliffe's uh career is interesting because I think he did try to do the Robert Pattinson thing. Um, he just wasn't quite as successful, I think, with it. Um, but I think he's still a good, uh, a, a good actor and an interesting. He could be an interesting character actor, and I think that's what he wants to be, um, rather than a leading, a leading man. Um, mm. But, uh, but you know, because of you know, Harry Potter, he's he's gonna be getting them parts. Um, yeah, he was around this time, either before or after. It was right after his Harry Potter shit was over. He was in that movie Horns, and that was like in this vein of like indie low budget. Uh, and man, was that movie like good? And then the ending just got super weird. Uh, he just like goes full like devil cosplay, like uh, makeup shit, and it's just so weird. But he does such a good job, and it was his first film doing an American accent. Um, 
And so it's jarring, but it's yeah, good. Yeah, you're right. Horns is one of the early ones. Yeah, he, he has a bunch of shit like that, though. Um, it's good though. I'd recommend seeing it. Like it's it's it might you might I think you might find parts of it kind of kind of like cringe, but uh, oh, absolutely. But it's it's still pretty good. I remember that Guns Akimbo movie that came out of like four year, three oh, years, three years ago terrible. now. It was it was like in production forever. Um, they were they, I remember they showed an image uh with him with them guns on his hands like in like 2016. Um, yeah, and it just like never came out. Um, yeah, he's getting some weird shit. Playmobil the movie, God, that can't be good. Um, <laughs> now you see me too. Uh, all I can think of when I hear "Now you see me too" is uh, uh, the Dan Harmon uh, bit where he's like, "Why the fuck wouldn't you make the se- the sequel to Now You See Me Now the called Now You Don't instead yeah, of Now You I See don't... Me Too." <laughs> Yeah, it's the dumbest, the dumbest thing. Commercial marketing is terrible. Uh, now you see me too. All right, all right, we are enough Harry Potter or enough Daniel Radcliffe. Uh, also, um, I guess we're just gonna. You want to just move into Swiss Army Man? I think we're ready. Yeah. Um, yeah. Paul Dano uh, also stars, um, and oh. Paul Dano is obviously our golden boy. He recently in the Batman, um, but also, but in a million great. Uh, roles in films. Um, probably one of my big, uh, honestly emerging is one of my favorite actors, definitely of the 21st century. Um, and then uh, Mary Elizabeth Win- Winstead is in a small role in the, in this movie. Um, oh, yeah, that is her. Yes, yeah. Uh, it's like interesting that they even got like they you know they could have got anybody yeah. to do that part, but it's cool that it is uh, it hurt. I guess her picture and like the little clip, like little clips of uh, you know like the flashbacks of her on the bus are throughout the movie. She just doesn't yeah. really talk. Um, but uh, you know Ramona Flowers or whatever. Um, so that is the introduction. I feel like I've been talking a lot, so I apologize, but. What did you think? Obviously, they know you liked it, but what did you think about Swiss Army Maine? I was, uh, it is the perfect blend of emotion, comedy, not the perfect, but it's up there for one of my favorite blends of like emotion, comedy, uh, phenomenally clean cinematography, and uh, uh, in the in the musical element to it which i normally don't like musicals but it's all this acapella stuff transitioning you from scene to scene it's so good and it's just and in the and probably one of its best qualities is is, is it's low runtime when it makes it ends up being just this perfect like uh palatable watch of just everything i think you would want in a movie but it all just blends so well together uh the in this like uh the way that the end wraps up in this just kind of like emotional tear jerk kind of like everything's gonna be okay moment and it's just so good i love so much of this movie yeah and i think i mean the movie starts with a really basic premise um Mm. and like i remember when it happened um riss who i was watching it with she said something like oh wow they're doing this already like when um He's riding on the fart the fart boat. Yeah, and because uh, like that's like the big scene from the um the from the trailers. So it's like, oh, could this be a snow dog thing? Is this just a small part? And then it's gonna just be about something else. Um, 
But no, it it literally lives up to that um, and kind of keeps the the bit. I feel like I could have seen this starting as a sketch um, and and then it just kind of got like pulled and pulled and or just like the the idea got bigger and bigger because you could keep, you know, adding on to it. Um, and then mm-hmm. I like the way that they did the ending because it's like, how do you end a story like this? And they, with all the ambiguity and, you know, is it real or is it is it what's real and what's not? And you're questioning like the entire film, you know, after it's ending. Um, it just like the, it, well, how you said it earlier, like it's a really nice balance of a depth, an emotional depth and fun and happiness. And um, I don't know. I feel like they're, the, the, their movies, at least these two, are really accessible to everybody, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and like the the yeah, the runtime on this one, I think you could just show it to anybody, and they're not gonna get bored. Um, mm-hmm. Like they're gonna be entertained, and they're gonna have a good time. And um, yeah, I don't know. It's, I, I, it's a really cool style, and it makes sense. Like it feels like this is something that millennials would would make. Um, and it seems like it's it's got you know its influences and whatnot um, like cartoons uh, uh, or like I don't know it's a mixture of fun and um, like heaviness and then also like dirtiness like the like there's swearing and there's sexual stuff and and whatnot it's not like a family honestly these two films could be family films if they were just like adjusted a bit yeah um to be PG thirteen. But mm. uh, but they don't compromise that, and I think that's ultimately you know a good thing. Um, it's kind of like an Adult Swim like cartoon, but not one of the weird, weird like freaky ones, mm-hmm. like abstract freaky ones. Just like one of the the more like Rick and Morty ish kind of a thing. Mm. And like I don't mean that in a derogatory way. I think that that is a a good thing. Yeah, I mean that's uh is definitely the comparisons are definitely there. You can see especially with the way that that show does their like other world uh or other dimension like little things where it just pops in for especially with the latter film uh of the two, but even with something like like Swiss Army Man, it uh it keeps that same kind of like this is dumb but also smart humor at the same time where it's like not so dumb it's smart but like uh it's hard to explain, but the way they do it with the visuals mixed in with just like what is actually happening, it's just done in such a way where you like you feel so much more weight to it rather than just looking at it as slapstick humor. Um, Swiss Army Man, I see definitely more of like a twee, like a Wes Anderson kind of a influence. Um, whereas, um, whereas everything everywhere all at once, I feel more of like a um, a more adventure influence, like a Sp- like Spielberg or like Marvel movies, like a mixture of that kind of stuff. Um, and I, but uh, there's still like the same through line through them. Like there was a point in Everything Everywhere All at Once. I'm like, oh, this feels just like Swiss Army Man, or like the humor of it is very similar. Um, yeah, I just uh, and like the music is a really defining thing about this movie. I think the music in the colors. Are uh, and like the way that it's colored, are um, like two of the the big defining things. Like I don't think I think they're like what make the movie, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Um, it is like they wouldn't be the same without the the ridiculously silly music and the lyrics are just like really dumb sometimes. But they sound it sounds epic. 
And if you like listen to the lyrics too hard, you'll you're gonna hear something that makes you laugh because it's silly. Yeah. I, I I like the balance of silliness to depth. It's like childlike wonder uh, to like heavy thoughts, like adult, like a child dealing with the heavy thoughts of an adult, you know, of existence mm-hmm. and mortality and and whatever. Or what yeah. is, like, what is per- the meaning of life? Both of these movies have meaning of life kind of shit in them. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul Dano's character like needs something to go on. He's re- he's ready to give up and kill himself. And uh, in the beginning, we think he's just a castaway on an island, uh, some tropical island, and then we you know we find that he's been you know in the woods behind this girl's house the whole time. <laughs> With a dead body and uh, and fucking an entire like little house worth of uh, sets. Yeah, like crafts, all these crafts. Yeah. Um. Oh my gosh! Yeah, this is that whole ending goes such a wild way that I like. I feel like it can't go any other way than that. Um. And I do like that they left left the ending weirdly vague, but uh. Like the thing with his dad at the uh, at the end when he's on the crutches is uh, it's wild that whole thing. And then they think he's the stalker. I don't know. That's just the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, so well, well, they don't done. explicitly tell you why he's on the like why he's on the run or why he left. Yeah, or, like yeah, by the end of it, you're starting to wonder. Paul Dano might be just a fucking crazy person. Yeah, it seems, I took it more as like he's he's a stalker and he's a creep. Like he he's he's uh, he's he is a creep. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's then he just rides, and then he doesn't ride away, but the you know the body farts farts away in the water, um, makes him all forgiven. <laughs> um, yeah, um, I, it's just a really really good time. Um. And it's very fun. Yeah, there's. Oh, I wanted to mention that there's a big uh, castaway influence on this film, um, mm-hmm. the the Tom Hanks movie, and then you just replace Wilson the ball with Daniel Radcliffe, uh, Manny the dead man, and uh, and uh, and just like really make it ridiculous and it's silly, and then it's just I think that premise, stretch you know pulled stretched out into a full film, feature length, and I think that it works. Um, and it absolutely works, and it's really fun and special. And I feel like I'd want kid, I would want to show a kid this if it, you know, it didn't have the erection stuff. Um, which I don't care. I think that's funny, but um, I I can see like a big potential. Uh, like Hollywood might really want to throw these guys some money after um everything everyone uh, all at once. Oh, for sure. Especially when you when we'll talk about it, but what the budget was of that movie for. For how big it looks, yes, uh, yes, uh huh, it's uh-huh. insane to me. But the uh, what I was gonna say was I love the part, and it took me. I did. I I don't know why I didn't pick up on it the first two times, but he when he's trying to get his special compass back, and he's carrying him like on his back, but front facing, like Daniel Radcliffe's going nut to butt. Uh, and Devontae was like, "Come on, bud, I can't feel your special compass anymore." And it's <laughs> fucking he's. Weighing on how his boner was pressed up against his body, yeah, so he could feel the direction that it turns to to figure out where to go. Yeah, yeah, we were talking about oh. that. We were talking about that. So the, oh, yeah, so the clever. weird, very weird, very weird relationship. Um, so yeah, all the the there's so much. Uh, I mean, he does 
Dan- Paul Dano just has so much like self reflection in this girl's backyard for for what feels like days, weeks. Um, just playing with a yeah. playing with a dead body. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, if you think about it, this whole thing is just like him working through how to just like be better, be a better person, and be better about like how to like. Uh, yeah, find- it's truly it's self reflective, like trying to improve. It just sucks that it happened all in the backyard of the girl that he's obsessed with. <laughs> What a what a bad place and time to do. Uh, yeah, it's like too late. Like you figured it out, and you've uh, but you've kind of already done a weird thing. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's pretty great. It's pretty great, and I can see like the uh, the budget of this is three million dollars. Um. Oh, that's all you need. That's that's what I say. Like in you do you can do a lot with it, especially if you only need two. If it, your cast is you know three actors um yeah. and then about some extras you're pretty much golden there I'm, and um yeah it's it can be done it can be done i feel like this movie should be inspiring to um so much uh, filmmakers so to uh aspiring filmmakers so um, i don't i feel like i don't have a whole lot to say about um swiss army man other than that it's a lot of fun it's like these movies just really fit together. So like the themes of them kind of, um, overlap. Um, and it's just the style of the film. Like this is a like black comedy, absurdist black comedy is what Wikipedia says. Definitely a, a black comedy. Um, and, uh, it's just a lot of fun. It's very, very fun. And everything all, all at once is very fun, but it is more like a epic adventure film. Mm-hmm. And you see, you're right. Something about it makes it feel so, uh, so big. Um, and I'm I'm excited to talk about it. So I think that's what what my issue is now. Um, moments, uh, any particular moments in the film uh, you want to point out? I wanted to, uh, real quick was uh, to go along with what, how this movie just runs so smoothly and goes so well is the way that the that Daniels like the way that they shot this, um, where you have these moments of just like this high shutter speed freneticness where uh, uh, it, it it feels like they're shooting at a at, at a, like a high frame rate for slow mo but they just left it at the the regular speed if that makes sense uh, yeah. but it happens so much on those like. Uh, those quick montages when they're like Paul Dano's building shit in the woods and stuff or just like, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. So like so frenetic and it just feels like the, uh, uh, the way it cuts is so much like energy in it that it just feels a lot more. It feels like you feel like a lot is going on even if it's not. And it's done in a really good way that keeps the pacing, uh, interesting. Like it's another, uh, Ooh, shiny thing to like keep you like paying attention to, um yeah especially the the all the the talking and more slower moments like are are boring you're like bogging you down yeah it it cuts yeah it has uh nice peaks and valleys of uh like quiet moments and uh and like the quiet moments have jokes in them and it's like there's always something leading to something um i was gonna say i I, this this watch uh more than than the last time i didn't think about like this definitely feels like music video directors like made this movie which is how much it relies on the music being all the audio and um and like how many montage there's several montages in the film um and honestly that would be the own my own my main criticisms of it is like it does 
just kind of devolve into um, a montage, a, a music montage song kind of thing, uh, where they're like traveling or building things, and then like this, you know, a little dialogue moment between them two, between the two, and it kind of keeps on going until uh, we kind of get to the end, and then it and then it finds a way to end pretty not abruptly or anything, but quickly. Yeah, I get, I get what you mean. The, uh, mm. it's because it's a lot of it is just kind of not repetitive, but the, um, you're just seeing, like I'm not bored with it. No, no, no. But you are just seeing like this, like the same kind of feeling in every time one of those, it's like, it's not formulaic, not to say it's formulaic, but it, like there is a pattern of just kind of like, it's like long, quiet, reflection mixed in with co- like comedy dialogue between the two then something happens uh kick off a uh a song that kicks off a montage that transitions us into the next scene and then it kind of, and then another like die down point um so i get that there uh, it doesn't there's no turn to something like drastically different it stays on course pretty much like tonally through the whole I, film. yeah sometimes i think it needed something else but then i remember the bear scene but like was like kind of not fully satisfied by it for some reason. Like that was when the movie was starting to get away a little bit. Um, but I know that you needed something else because it could, or if you didn't have that, it literally would have just been them, the music montages and traveling and, and the quiet moments on the way. Um, you needed some kind of conflict. Um, and, uh, um, and like the falling off of the, the, the bridge or the pipe or whatever it was. Um, so I think it was just honestly, the probably stems from the constraints of, you know, the budget and the size, the scope and size. And then this definitely has a big feeling for how, um, for, for that, you know, how it is, um, for how small it is. And I think, they did like the the most that they could do with it, and I think that that's why it's so yeah. good. And I don't, I like it as much as it. I think it just doesn't make it a five for me, you know, or whatever. It doesn't might not make it the max score, but it's still a great film that they, you know, that they made it with, um, not a lot of money. Yeah, I think that with how like high end uh, it is, like a DP on this, the uh, the uh, Larkin Seeple, uh fantastic job this movie looks so much higher budget than it is because of how clean uh how clean this movie looks it looks so uh it looks like the budget is so much higher just because of the way that the lighting is the way it's shot it's just everything is shot just very simply um it's just done it like the right way if that makes sense it's just it's done so well they also Um, did the cinematography for everything everywhere all at once yeah there it's fantastic absolutely fantastic the 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 shooting style and everything it's in the lighting. It's just, it's everything it's, it's fusing together. What just just like big, a big budget, clean look, uh, you know, none, none of the, uh, cause the indie movies will do it where they're doing like either extremely old vintage lenses or they're doing all these like diffusion filters in front of the lens to get like a certain like look to make it more look like film. And both of these movies just go on in on all in all in on making it look as just like, clean and modern as yeah possible. yeah i was thinking like about music that. Video yes i think that's what made me think of it with the that's probably why they it captured your heart so because it's very much speaks to 
your approach to music video, your cinematography, uh, and like composition in your music videos. Um, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Cause yeah, before, even before you saw this movie, I think you're already on that. You're well, 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 that was like a established part of your shtick. Um, that's cool. Trying to do. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's a definite look that I'm starting to like. I like that is uh, not getting popularized, but at least it's still being used more. Where because you only really see this kind of look in like big budget Hollywood movies where everything is like super clean uh, looking. But it's it's it uh, it ups the scale of these like smaller films so much and and how they how big they feel. Well, like there um, are like uh, this movie is bright and sunny and um and like the even though it's still like it's, it's very colored. green and it's colorful, yeah, it's very bright and colorful and i think having i think that kind of look works so well for bright and colorful like it reminds me of the or the valley music video um yeah. i think that it looks so good because it's so like having it so clean cinematography wise on top of it being so bright and sunny and colorful mm. just really makes everything really pop yeah yeah and it uh it it, it ties things together in, in such a nice way um, that's just easy visually to understand and, and just take in uh, on on like the eyes and everything. Um, you know, people recognize colors and, and brighter things a lot better than a film that's been like shot in the middle of the night, the crazy grain, all intentionally to get like a certain look. Which I do love the look uh, on appropriate things, but it's uh, it's just nice having it uh, seeing something like this on a on a on something that's not you know skyscraper. Hmm. All right, I think we should we should uh, move on here. Uh, what are you giving Swiss Army Man? I'm uh, four. Really like this movie. Really, yeah, actually I'm, four. I'm giving it a four. Uh, yeah, I think that's. I think I remember being torn, but I think the four is definitely what it does. What it deserves. I wouldn't fight anything else. But uh, it's just a really well made movie. Um, and just nails what it's going for. It's just, uh, yeah, executed, well executed. Um, but now, I, I, yeah, you have anything I think I'm gonna do final, final thought? Say, I think I'm be four and a half. I think I, it's just so good. It's, it's, I don't have, I don't have that much negative to say about it. Oh, oh, uh, you know, um, Scott Pilgrim is, I think, a big influence on the style of, oh, for sure, the look, I would say, more than the humor more than the uh Edgar Wright in general um but but in particular Scott Pilgrim with the movie we're about to talk about um I that was something I was like I kept mentioning influences because everything all at once wears them on its sleeve um and it's like does not detract from it in any way possible um and uh yeah Scott Pilgrim is a big one and uh it's probably one of the like you know, they don't make a lot. You think they don't make a ton of films like Scott Pilgrim, and it's so cool to see yeah. that style and still incorporated. Um, but all right, everything, everywhere, all at once, um, just came out, and it Good. is um, stars several. Um, it's great cast: uh, Michelle Yeoh, uh, Stephanie Su. Uh, K. Hugh Kwan, Jenny Slate, uh, James Hong, um, and Jamie Lee Curtis. I know I flew through those, but Michelle Yeoh, you may know from A Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, 
as well as the James Bond film uh, Tomorrow Never Dies. And uh, and she's you know worked in a ton of things since then, but those are like the big things that I remember. Um, and then uh, James Hong, uh, James uh, Hong. Do you know who where uh, he's from? Uh, I'm, I, he's the blind guy on Balls of Fury. Uh, correct, correct, correct. <laughs> uh, I don't know why. That's what I always come back to remembering him from. I my then his number one role has got to be though Lo Pan from uh, Big Trouble in Little China. He is like the main bad guy. He's like kind of has a Shang Tsung vibes. Um, it's one of my favorite movies, Big Trouble in Little China. We will definitely be doing it um, on this one day. Um, but yeah, excellent in that. Um, and then, uh, uh, and I'm sure, and I might be pronouncing this wrong. I honestly meant to look up the pronunciation before I started, but K K he Kwan. And, uh, he is most famous for playing short round and in Indiana Jones in the temple of doom and data in the Goonies, um, which are two of my favorite characters ever in movies. Cause they're so fun and hilarious. And, um, and just like great comedic timing for a kid. Yeah. As a kid, it was just like, yeah, I wish that he was my friend. Like I remember thinking that when I was a kid watching, uh, uh, him act like he seemed like really fun and he was smart and, uh, you know, clever or whatever. Like he played those characters. Um, but apparently he stopped acting, um, in the nineties, um, and kind of went into the back into more behind the scenes. And I read an interview uh, actually, I think it was a, a video interview. And he said that he saw Crazy Rich Asians and got serious FOMO, which was, that was the verbatim quote. Uh, and uh, and then he you know, got into this. And um, he was interested in, prod- in uh, prod- uh, projects that, um, you know, incorporate, you know, a lot of Asian actors and have good, uh, good representation. Um, and I think because he is a kind of character that maybe kind of got, um, I think a lot of uh, minority actors uh, experience uh, um, you know, being typecasted or, or stereotype uh, uh, stereotypical roles. Um, Aziz Ansari talks about it a lot in that Master of None show. Um, yeah. So, I, and I, it makes a lot of sense. Um, but I am glad that he's back because he's hilarious and he's great. Oh, it's so it's good! It's like you never, oh, it's perfect. never, never missed a, never missed a step. Yeah, I feel like in 20 years he's going to be known for this just as much as he's known for uh, Indiana Jones. Yeah. This is so good. Oh, Alpha Waymond, go. <laughs> Alpha <laughs> Waymond. Waymond Wang. Um, oh, my God. Yeah, so good. So, just so good. So there's a, everyone in this cast is excellent. Everybody do, does really well. Um, the movie looks great. It's so much fun. It's long, but you don't even notice a second of it. Um, you're just along for this ride. It just feels like you know uh, um, a roller coaster ride that you're just on, and it, it it really does feel like an amusement park ride, but in the best way. Like people say that about um, Marvel movies, and like a critic, in like a critical way, they're not films, they're not cinema, they're you know uh, yeah. amusement park rides. But I think this is a movie that you are kind of like you know, in for the twists and the turns. And it just doesn't, it's at this relentless pace that it really never lets you kind of sit with anything. There's one point it does about halfway through. It gives you a quick break. Um, Mm -hmm. and then it just throws you right back into, 
um the multiverse and uh and you uh, kind of you all over poops all over what marvel is is doing roller coaster wise yes this was that's what i thought that's that's what i'm saying they need to do a marvel movie and i hate and i hate to say it but it's perfect match (laughs) like i don't want to say that but it is a perfect match oh i can't even imagine how they could be the next russo brothers yeah um yeah they're so good. Oh my God, Daniels, 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 damn Daniels! Yeah, Daniels God are damn. definitely gonna get offered a Marvel movie. I, I will bet you. Will they any take it? That's, money. The That's the question. Um, I kind of feel like they wouldn't. I feel like they. I, I could. I would believe it. They if could they be did, James Gunn in it, man. They could be James Gunn. I could see it. that. I could see that. Or, oh, you know what? I could see is if they uh, they do that in return to get financing through one of the subsidiaries because that's not Marvel to do like another one of their own, but like with a lot more money. I could see that as a trade off. You know, that's uh, honestly it just reminds me because uh, uh, I got stuck on James Gunn because I think James Gunn's probably a little bit of an influence of theirs too. If you have you've never seen his pre Guardians movies, huh? Oh, they're pretty good. Pretty good stuff. Slither and uh, and Super are really good. I will hope we do them one day. But yeah, yeah, that's super interesting. Let me see what I did there. Uh, so Daniels, tell me about what do you think about everything, everywhere, all at once? As a, a, uh, let's get it. Let's get into the uh, the nit grid of it. All right, I don't know how hot this take is going to be, but I'm. This is definitely the best movie I've seen this year, and this might be my new favorite movie of all time. I said it. I think yeah, that knowing you, that that is like completely appropriate because of the style, like the style, like it's like yeah. When you find that thing that is like this is what I want to make, and it's like when you're trying to you know develop Explain. your own voice, yeah, artistic voice. It was like, oh, this is what I've been trying to tell you. I want to do, you know, it's like that moment. Um, mm-hmm. But you, you, but then you have that bitter moment of like, man, they did it before me. Uh, yeah, that's what I was about to say. It's a, uh, it's a bittersweet because validating, of, but, but yeah, yeah, it's like, damn, I'm so mad that now this has already been done. But goddamn, it's inspiring to know someone's willing to pay for it, and that's, uh, that's where I'm at with it. It's just the drive meter has just been kicked back into high gear. And I just uh, can't wait. I'm so excited. I've, just, I've just never been more. This movie alone has made me so inspired to just get back and just making shit all the time. Doesn't matter what it is. Just as long as I'm pumping out like a personal projects like every couple months uh, just to keep going and, and trying to do something new and pushing yourself with uh, with what, writing within your means. These Both of these movies, especially with how well they are, with how low their budgets are are perfect examples of writing within your means, knowing what you can do and accomplish. And then for, for everything all at once's sake with two fucking locations and then just a bunch of random green screen vignettes, uh, is all it takes to like make an epic movie. It's uh, more than two locations, but that's most it, of the it, movie. There's like, yeah, four. most of the movie it's, it's the laundromat, the, uh, office, the fucking, uh, the, the IRS, the, the, tax building. Building, the, yeah, the IRS building, uh, the donut for a little bit, but that's all green screen. That could have been all green screen. The uh, the movie star place. The the movie. The like movie. The, yeah, the movie. The in the movie star. And then thing. outside that theater where they have the the rain yeah. scene. But that could, everything else is just like on a set in a green screen box, just like 
it's insane. All these millions of vignettes and everything. And it's just done so yeah, well. Yeah. And to, and to keep track of like, none of them, granted, this is a movie where if you blink, you miss something, but it didn't seem like anything really repeated any time they would do one of the, uh, insanely, like random, like, like the, like picture, yeah, uh, it kinda rem- yeah, it kind of reminds me of, um, either something from Rick and Morty, but also it reminds me of oh, God, this is going to make me sound basic, but I actually hate these games. I don't hate these games. I don't play them a lot. Um, I haven't played them in like a decade, but in Call of Duty Zombies, when you could get like the random gun and it would play like ice cream music, and you just yeah, 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 and it would just flash a bunch of random guns, and then it would give you one. Yeah. I don't know why that's what it would remind me of, but it did. Um, that and like just yeah, Rick and Morty with all the multiverse and random uh, combinations of things, or like uh, even Mortal Kombat, the newest one, um, where you could mm-hmm. like. Uh, random, like get random outfits for people, like because like throughout time, like you didn't know what they were gonna look like. Um, mm. I don't know. That's like a multiverse is very in. Uh, it's been very in for the last like since Rick and Morty. I feel like in Marvel. Um, and uh, uh, but this was like a way to do it, and it wasn't corny. Like it was really cool. It took that i the idea link for the thing further. Um. Yeah, and, and, and it, it didn't time travel, and it didn't spend a lot of time over explaining it. It literally, he literally said, like, it's a bunch of random, stupid stuff. Like that is the world. The world's uh, multiverse is like just structured around random chaos, but it's silly and and it's yeah. fun, and um, you don't need to think about it too hard because it doesn't matter because it's a fun movie. You don't. It don't matter if. Uh, it's the sci-fi is not real crunchy and, and it doesn't make perfect sense. Um, and I think that's oh, yeah. the biggest strength of the movie is they can tell whatever yeah. story they want to tell um, and not be weighed down by like strict rules of lore of this world. Um, and it's genius because you can be the matrix and you can be uh, a comedy. You can be a Marvel comedy thing and you can and you can be Rick and Morty, and you you just do whatever you want. Like there's just no limit uh, to 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 what you want to do. And I think um, it just it just executed you know, to the highest degree. Yes, the uh, fuck. I had something to piggyback off what you were saying. Um, Sorry, I talked too long. The. I can't remember, but just I, I agree with what you're saying. That it's just a fucking, it's so, uh, just so enthralling. God, it's pissing me off that I'm, I can't remember. I just had it, um, but it'll come back to me. Uh, what did you think about the uh, um, the way that it transitioned into things when it got into like in the height of the um. The height of like probably like I don't want to call it a climax, but like the first big like thing after she's been fighting Jamie Lee Curtis for a bit, and it's like flashing between like her and Wayman going over the divorce yeah. stuff in the van, her in the closet, her whatever, and then in when she's first traveling on stuff. Man, do I fucking love all the transitions of the rotating stuff where it was like uh, uh, the daughter does it uh, the most, where she does that like one, two, three, like tick tock like a clock, and at each one it's like a match cut to a different location, but it's the same thing, different person, and so like like all of that stuff mixed in throughout this has just kept it so uh, like you couldn't turn away because you could miss something. Like I, I watched this at the Alamo Draft House, and the uh, when they went to bring our food in and stuff, 
I'm the entire time. I'm just, I I didn't say anything because I wouldn't be mean, but I'm just like, get the fuck out of the way! I can't see. Like you're missing vital things. There's so many things flashing on the screen. So many things happening and moving, and just like you just didn't want to miss anything. And it just this movie did so good at just like hooking you with that. Because it wasn't like it, it, like I could see this being overstimulating for some people, but I think it was done in a way that was like it's uh, it's manageable. But... I don't think it's overstimulating somehow. Because uh, yeah, there's like, a lot of flash of like the flash montage. Yeah, like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I think if you look, have a like if you are seizure, uh, you have a seizure risk. You should probably be you know be prepared, um, because there's going to be some flashing images, uh, and the sequences of flashing images. But I don't think it's like so long that it's like, you know, hard, hard on my eyes or or whatever. Like I think it was. It was cool. I think it was just cool and interesting. I love that style. I really like flashing images, <laughs> um, like almost like uh, like yeah, blink and you miss it. Like you know, like subconscious s- subliminal programming thing. Yeah, um, like what, what you may see would be something of what I might have paid attention to during those flashes. And it's mm-hmm. like everybody takes something away different from it, um, which is really dope. But what do you, I uh, um. I wanted to ask you this, and I'm sorry if it's a little off topic. It's on topic, but a little bit of a stray. Uh, we had a conversation, me and a couple film buddies, after we saw this about like what did we think the movie was about, um, and everybody in the room had a different thought on it, which I thought was very interesting because it was. I like, thought it was obvious what the movie was about. Well, some people took it as like, is it about uh, you know nothing matters and being okay with who you are or whatever, or is it about um, you know accepting your daughter and and for who she is or like and all that stuff. Well, then that is the accepting your daughter for who she is is just a small part of it. uh, Sorry, what was the other one? Well, the uh, um, I'm trying to remember what the other one was, but the uh, it was just interesting that everybody thought that it was like it focused everybody focused on a different thread of the story in the film and took it as that was the main line they're running with. Uh, and I think that for a movie that's called Everything Everywhere All at Once, that is so genius to have that as a takeaway from a room full of people. Um, because yeah. it is just oh, yeah, for sure, at you, everything all at once. Well, like, it's, it- it's- what his name is and it's so it's just so genius the movie is trying to tackle really big ideas and really big questions and feelings about the meaning of life and existentialism and um and kind of you know uh the, i think there's the, the the whole rock thing and the there's like a sequence where there's just it's quiet there's no audio it's just two rocks and they have text on the screen of the rock talking and uh it's kind of like feel you know talking about feeling small and you kind of accepting that you know the the world and the universe is so big and the multiverse is even bigger and we're just these little specks just you know ants living our lives and uh and it's kind of like accepting you know the smallness of life you know and i i think it's something that i've been struggling with a little bit um and uh you know just now that I'm out of my twenties, and you know some things are in the rear view or uh, are in the rear view mirror, and I'm you know considering doing uh, making new bigger adult steps and what that does and what that might change, and uh, the finality of things and your own mortality and blah blah blah, and it just like started to feel bad, and you can kind of put yourself in a in a like def- what's the point of it all? Why? What is? There's no nothing matters, and there's no point to anything if 
Um, it doesn't, it doesn't add up to anything and it doesn't matter. So then, then I shouldn't care. And I think that's the donut represents nihilism and, Mm. um, uh, the, what was the daughter's character's name? Joy. Yeah. And she, you know, she, um, achieved this. She was able to see through the multiverse and she just wanted to die. She wanted it to end. And, um, once she could see how meaningless and pointless it all was, the only thing that she could respond with was, you know, finding a way to kill herself with this donut, which the donut is definitely just meant to represent nihilism. Uh, and, uh, and uh, you can choose to, you know, t- accept the, the, the donut, the bagel, um, yeah. the, the bagel and, uh, let that swallow you up and you can either literally physically die of, and kill yourself or, um, you just let yourself wither away and like your hope and your joy and just kind of accept, uh, defeat of, um, the, you know, that things are going to end. And uh, and none of it matters. And the the moral of the story that Evelyn and uh, Joy then walk away with is that you know it's okay, and it's kind of accepting all of that, and just you know being kind. And there is a line that Waymond has that is like you know when uh, we don't know what's going on or, or things are chaotic and bad and and we're scared that all that we have to just return you know look back to it and return to kindness and be kind and i think that is the moral of the story is that in the face of the abyss and the unknown of the black abyss which is the bagel um that we should be kind and not um, be afraid and and because fear makes us angry fear makes us fight fear makes us reject um, and I think it's a commentary on society as a whole because of you know fear as the way fear has made people respond to things like the pandemic or or the way our political situation is in in the world and and very much America um, that you know if we can just be kind to each other um, when we don't understand, until we understand that you know we the world and our own per not just the world but I think our own personal experiences and lives will be much more enjoyable and positive as a result. So that is my summary, not short, but my summary of what the the movie meant and was about. Yeah, I I'm I that is so uh, relevant, especially nowadays. Because while you're saying that, I was thinking about how because that's a very not like a more than just millennial, but it's a very common thing of just like of, of dealing with all of the existentialism because uh, we have we have so many creature comforts and so much downtime where it's not like in the eighteen hundreds where you had nothing to do and but, we're less religious. Yeah, we're, we're less religious and more downtime. There's not things where, where you're constantly spending your entire day getting what you need to survive for the next day. Um, and in having that, you know, a lot of people are just coming to that conclusion and uh it's a very relatable thing and it's a very i know it's something that both you and i discuss frequently um and it's 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 kind of nice having these like uh, both of these movies just being like it's okay with you know life is life and it's this is what it is and that's okay and just like uh, being happy with what you're with life yeah. like like uh evelyn's life wasn't so miserable at the laundromat but you know she was her her attitude <laughs> was yeah. now affecting everyone around her, her daughter, her husband, um, et cetera. 
uh, and her relationships with other people and uh and and being critical and as you know somebody that can be critical or you know or and i think my critical um when i'm critical of other people i definitely think i'm emu- i emulate um our dad who is very can be very critical um and like that's what it reminded me of when she immediately like so before joy left she had to make sure she told joy that she looks fat that she's like oh you're getting fat you need to uh, you know, watch yourself or whatever. And, um, and that's a very parent thing to do, but it's also like not, it's not cool. Um, and, uh, and I think in the movie in the beginning was trying to be like, make joy accept it. And then by the end of it, I think Evelyn character understands like you need to be kind, um, you know, to the people in your life and, you know, don't your unhappiness and don't, there's also a lot about this movie about, um, grass is greener on the other side shit. Um, Mm -hmm. and that like, you know, wondering what if, and what if you made this Mm -hmm. choice and what if you made this choice, how much better your life would be. Um, but you also wouldn't have, you know, maybe the people in your life that you have now, you know, if Mm -hmm. I would have done this, I wouldn't know this person who I love. And like, that's, you wouldn't have the family that you have. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that, that's super, super relevant. Um, honestly, it's very relevant to things that I've been thinking about. Um, and as much as it's this fun, cute movie, uh, and it's full of action and jokes, like the, this is the core of it. It's this very heavy idea. And I think that's what makes movies good, really special. And that's honestly what makes art uh, good art. Is like good art doesn't have to be super fucking serious or super abstract and weird and just make you uncomfortable or experimental. You can make something fun and and have like it, but it has to be something of depth at its core. And mm-hmm. um and I think that's something that uh the, the a lot of successful Hollywood movies these days are getting away from um like big budget blockbusters like because it's not safe. Mm-hmm. Um, like depth isn't exactly safe. Um, but if it's having the balance is you have to have the right, you have to have somebody that knows how to make it fun and knows how to make it enjoyable and knows how to make it entertaining. Um, but they can still have like, there's a less, there's a nugget of, uh, of wisdom in, in there. Um, and I think that this, that's what makes this so effective. It's like all of its parts are good. And, uh, like the cast and the, and like the visual aspects. And honestly, like the more I think about the actually what happened in the film, like the physical, like what I saw on screen, it is a mm-hmm. super small movie, but you walk out of it feeling that this, it was huge. Exactly. Like it was bigger exactly. than a Marvel movie. Like it, that's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It handles, it, it's just as big as multiverse of madness. Like in, in the way it, they, they did it. They, uh-huh. they, the fucking it feels so grand just because of all of the things it can cut to in these different vignettes and scenes and all these things just showing the scope because you never feel like you're you have no idea where you are if, like in half this movie you know what i mean like you mm-hmm. don't know which other version you're in and in doing that uh the way they did it and portrayed it you just like makes it just feel in, it feels as infinite you know this, i feel like this movie in all aspects hit its title of it's everything everywhere all at once and All of the every, time, every theme you'll feel every emotion. You feel every fucking visual cue. It, it just does it so well. It's the it's it's uh. The, I had read a review which I thought was being like not sarcastic, but just being like a little 
uh, little extra about it saying like it's our generation's matrix, and I'm just like in. Uh, so uh, so yeah, well, let's talk about. Uh, we didn't really talk about explicitly. I keep alluding to influences, and I mentioned Rick and Morty like a million times because that's like probably one of the biggest ones. Um, not, I don't think Rick and Morty is an influence on Swiss Army Man at all. I think it's particularly with this one, but I don't think it's just Rick and Morty. I think Rick and Morty is just like a really good representative of like the 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 late 2010s zeitgeist um, with like the multiverse and sci-fi and com- but it's comedy and it's but it's nihilistic. It's kind of confronting Rick and Morty, you know, like because the Rick and Morty is not positive at the end of the day. There's positive yeah, stories, yeah. but Rick is it represents pure nihilism and like that nothing matters and I can do whatever the fuck I want and I'm Pickle Rick. And this um <laughs> This, uh, the, like, there has a heart. There's a heart at the at the at the core of it, and like Jobu Tabaki is the you know who represents the you know, nihilism and and whatever. And I, I don't know. I think that it, it's incorporates that and it incorporates Marvel stuff. Uh, we brought. I said um, Scott Pilgrim um, is definitely one. Um, I, I, there's there's more than that even oh I want to say Spielberg stuff I br- I mentioned it earlier but like the also the uh, the the adventure f- the, the the adventure film pace I think really is Spielberg feeling and I I don't know why it but then I saw the I felt it already but then there was a whip at the end of the movie where Evelyn pulls some whip out of somewhere and uh or no no she she um channels somebody who's good with a whip and then takes off a belt of one of the people she's fighting and she's going up the stairs and does this like Indiana Jones thing. And I'm like, all right, all right. That has to be an homage after we got eight matrix homages. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so I like, I don't know. That one is a stretch. So I, I admit that one is a big stretch, but the, the matrix homages where, where Evelyn duck walks through cubicles, just like Keanu does. It wasn't shot exactly the same. Like the angle was different, but she does the Keanu duck walk straight up through the cubicles. And, um, and uh, like stuff like that, like she stops the bullets at the end, and yeah. um, and it's like honestly, a timestamp wise, is probably almost the exact time that Keanu stops the bullets in Matrix. I I have no evidence to back that up, but it just felt my soul is close. Yeah. Um. <laughs> well, they have the uh, they have the um, when they cut to the Alpha Wayman, and he's in the uh, like the chair thing. It's and the very not like this. Hand. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's very uh. Uh, it's it's very matrixy. Yeah, and like when he matrix-y. dies, when they die in that realm, their person like that, their body is like yeah. It, not, they don't die; they go back to the regular self. It's like a joke it, on it because then the regular yeah, woman yeah. comes back. Um, like, oh hey, how's it going? <laughs> so all right, here's another hypo- weird hypothesis uh, homage I wanted to bring up. So the character of Waymond, I mean uh, the character of Waymond, the name Waymond. Um, the only, I know that that is not, there's more than, there's just, I'm sure multiple people named Waymond, but the number one character that I know that's named Waymond is Waymond, um, Waymond, uh, from, uh, Workaholics. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The silent, the silent Asian guy from Workaholics. 
Yeah. So, so the actor who plays Waymond in Workaholics was in Everything Everywhere all at once. He was one of the the they weren't a quartet because there was only three of them, but they were singer like barbershop singers. And they yeah, were three yeah. they had these red sweaters on. And then by the end of it, they were fighting alongside uh everybody was fighting, you know? And they were in the they were in the laundromat at that party. Everyone was like New Year Chinese New Year's, so everyone was wearing Yeah, red. yeah. So wow. yeah, so I wanted to, I wondered if Waymond was named after Waymond from Workaholic. <laughs> That'd be really funny. The um, uh yeah yeah I don't uh, think I'll, I don't know if I'll be able to know but uh but yeah. Well, one day we'll have to we'll put it out there and somebody will figure it out. So you know the uh, Russo brothers produced this. I saw that at the end in the credits and I was shocked by it. It makes um, I'm not shocked though style wise. <laughs> Um, yeah, like, I mean, we're talking about the these are the guys that did uh, Infinity War, thing, right? Yeah, the, they did, and and yeah, they did uh, Endgame, then, Infinity War, Civil War, they, and the Winter Soldier. Parts of a couple seasons of Community, weren't they? A part and of? Arre- yeah, and Arrested Development. Yeah, that's it. Um. So yeah, I think that it is a perfect fit, and it's obvious. I th- this might be even a, you know, kind of a tryout. Marvel yeah, this is so Yeah, oh my god. I don't know. I mean, they'll I they'll probably end up doing it. The paycheck is going to be too good. Oh, they're, but I think it's too good gonna... of a fit. Like I think you, honestly, if they if can make a good one, if you give them the right property, I think they can make a good one. Yeah. It's just Who like and uh, I don't know. That's the question. It's like the rated R aspect of their films isn't even a vital part. Like their movies would still be good if you cut out everything dirty. Yeah. F words, like cut the F words out of the script. It just like would be, they'd be equal to me. Like it doesn't take away or anything. I'm not saying that. It's just like the movie wouldn't be worse if you got rid of the edge, the dildo, yeah. the dildo fights. And, oh my uh, God. Which was hilarious. The and the butt trophy. plug, the butt plug trophy, not, not the, dildo trophy. the butt plug trophy. And the guy, it, I love that the, like the options for the jump pad or a launch pad, uh, or just these random insane things. And the one of them was to sho- shove the fucking buffalo award up your ass. Oh my god, there's so many funny parts of this movie that are just like, you can't even describe them all because so much happens. So many things happen. Um, I, thought and the- I laughed so much throughout this entire movie. Yeah, you're constantly laughing, and then you're crying at the end. Uh, yeah. You cry parts, you laugh, and it's good. Um, I thought the I wanted to bring up the the choreography and the fight scenes was a nice mix of like, because obviously mm. you know Michelle Yeoh ain't a spring chicken. Um, mm. uh, she probably can't be doing all the flips and fighting shit, but she's she's in it a lot constantly, and uh, it's just really it's edited in a way that like you do get to see long long choreographed things. Mm. It's not just a bunch yeah, of chopped it. swings. Yeah, exactly. Like she's definitely still got it. Um, and yeah, uh. It was- yeah, we, talk, we talked about uh, our upbringing with just like kung fu movies and stuff weeks back on the podcast, and it's just like this has that as well. Like it just a little, like yeah. There's a little that... bit of uh, there's a little bit of um, like real ass martial arts choreography in there, um, which yeah. is cool and refre- and nice. Always nice to see. I feel like you it's gotta just... have that if you're gonna, you know, especially this movie is very um, authentically hmm. Chinese, um, Chinese American, but Chinese. Um, and uh, like it's a really uh, interesting, like, cool story, and like that's like the culture is an important part of the story to tell. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, 
And boy, we didn't talk about Jamie Lee Curtis. I just remembered. Oh my God, she's so good. This Anyone else the, in that role wouldn't have worked. I I think so too. I think that, that this is probably she's been in a lot of great roles. Even if the movie's not good, she's always good. It's she's kind of one of those people. Yeah, she gives it her all. Um, and just like she never phones it in, and she is just always fun and uh, in fun roles. I just keep I like thinking since Knives Out, I've, everything I see her in, I just love it. Oh my god! Yeah, I know. It's it, it's uh, she's so funny in this. Like she's so perfect for the character. I love the scene where she it she gets taken over by somebody else's like consciousness, uh, and it goes it just shows like her stomach go from just like normal and just kind of like relaxed and like bloated out, and then the other person who's like a kick ass fighter takes over, and it's just like their whole like body form posture changes. Yeah. It's like, it's yeah. So cool. Um. That she's so funny and ridiculous, and just how she talks, and she's such an asshole. Um, but at the end, you know, she gets her redeem- redeeming moments at the end, and all the stuff with they're married together with the hot dog hands. Like, oh, oh my I know, god! Because it was like uh, we didn't bring it up, but Evelyn has to confront that her daughter is gay, um, and then one of Evelyn's you know other versions of herself in the multiverse is gay, and it's a in a <laughs> a universe where people have hot dogs for fingers, and they they come mustard and ketchup on each other out of their fingers. And oh, uh, so that was like, this is the most Rick and Morty universe out of all of them. And I'm yeah, sure if yeah. they had the budget, they would have did more than just hot dog fingers. Um, but, uh, you, I'm, I'm like, even give this, like, give this a $50 million budget, which is still considered low for how like big of a scale this movie is. Oh, they would have found like, a way to use it. I think they just would have, oh, they would have developed more of the alternate universe. They would have had more radical yeah. alternate universes, I think. Um, yeah. Because that was the thing is like it could reuse a lot of the same sets because it was basically all the same places and all the same people. They all looked the same. Um, they just maybe something was different because then they, they they did explain that there's a new universe for each decision. So that would make yeah. a bunch of similar universes, you know. Yeah. Um. But uh. But yeah. It was good. What, what I think let's I, let's score this mother effer. Uh, I, I hope you don't think mine's a hot take, but I think you know what I'm going to give it. Uh, yeah, I don't think it's a hot take. Uh, right. I don't, I don't think know. it's a hot I, take. Because I, I feel like I'm the only one that has been giving it a 5 out of 5 uh, that I know. You've been throwing the, a lot of 5s out recently. Um, I've been, Didn't you just give a 5 the last week? Or, yeah, I, or gave, the last I think it last week was a 5 and a 4.5 probably. Yeah. But these are like uh, you know, classics. This is a future classic. No, I this think is, you're right. I think you're I think right. this will be brought up in school. I think this is a especially what you can do with no money, like uh or low money. Um Yeah, what is the budget of it again? Twenty five million. Yes. I'm blown away by the three million of Swiss Army man, really. So I that's can see that. Real, so the, yeah, that's true. I can they see it. They just went to an island and just shot for like a month. Like it, they just took a whole team of people and just went there and just shot it all out and just in built like a bunch month. of and built a bunch yeah. of them sets. Um, yeah, so aren't even was, full sets. Really so, yeah. yeah, very cheap to make. You're paying more to get people to the location and to just keep the uh, like bring the trailers and stuff for the actors than you are for like really anything else. And there's only the two movie. actors during most of the movie. Exactly. Like it's so it's, uh, that it, I get it, the premise is perfect. Yeah, I guess you're right. But this doesn't feel like a twenty five million dollar movie. This feels no. Like a, I thought this was forty to million. fifty. Yeah, this feels like a hundred million dollar movie. Yeah, I I think this competes with hundred plus million dollar movies, but realistically, 
I thought this was at least 50. Like, I thought this was at least 50 because it's 824 and they don't have big, you know, they don't have a lot of money. They don't put a lot of money into their, their films because they do, but that's just not the way of filmmaking that they do. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, it's more about quality over quantity. So they're very, they're choosy with how much money they give on stuff. But uh, this, I don't even, I feel like if this makes as much money as i hope it makes i think this is gonna blow a 24 up and have a lot more cash disposable cash to uh and feel more confident in just in spending more money on movies bigger movies all right did you score it i don't think you I actually it scored it oh i gave it a five yeah i know i think everyone knows you gave it a five if you if you did score it already i apologize but i didn't hear it um no, i think we just good. talked around the five um, okay, well, I'm going to give it a four and a half. Um, and I think that I can't, I, I think that the ending honestly was the only thing that was maybe a little long feeling. It wasn't like long. It's just like sometimes with movies where it's like the movie knows act wise, it's going to start ending, but the ending's like extra long. So then that's what makes it become two hours and 17 minutes. It's not mm. that like the acts were a little long in the sections. It ends up just being the ending or the beginning or like one of the like extended epilogue, for instance, we've that kind of a thing. Um, this doesn't have any of that, but it, I don't know. There was like, um, that was like kind of my only real critique is I felt like I, I noticed in my mind that we are in an ending phase of the movie for a, for a while. Um, mm -hmm. and it's just a key, like another thing would be introduced or another thing would happen. Um, and, uh, that's it though. And it's not like, that's my only thing. And I only gave it, that's the only reason it's not perfect, but I wouldn't argue oh, with anyone yeah. who likes it, uh, gives it a five. I was just looking at letterbox at what people, what my people are giving it. And it's all between four and five. Um, nobody's below. I think there's maybe one, one curmudgeon, maybe three and a half. I don't know how you don't like this. I feel like that. Like, like I said, it is a lot. If you're not into movies that are. That can be like overstimulating, especially for this is two hours and 17 minutes long, which is it doesn't feel short, but it is or it doesn't feel long. I'm sorry, but it is, uh, you know, it is a, a amount of time. But I think this is should this is I think anybody could could love this. This is an easy watch for anybody who's into films of any kind. All right. Well, that does it for this week's best boys um, next week. We are doing Robert Eggers, the Robert Eggers trilogy. And uh, I don't when we are recording this, the, the Northman is already out and it has bombed already. But it's <laughs> oh, no. Yes, it, it is really so bombing. Um, so please go out and see it. If you're a fan of uh, Mr. Eggers, um, I am a huge fan of The Witch and the Lighthouse. I only didn't get to go see it because of. Uh, the, all the shit we've had going on. And the, uh, I didn't get to see everything everywhere all at once when I wanted to because we had a family thing going on. And then, uh, so this kind of took the Northman slot. So it's nothing against Northman, Hollywood. I want I want to see it. I don't know if it's good yet, but I want to see it. Um, so that's what we're going to be doing for next episode. And uh, we're going to do the trilogy. We're going to see The Witch, The Lighthouse, and The Northman. Um, so... Uh, it's time to get serious. We had get all that. We got all that fun out of our system for Corey. Corey's. We thank Corey for introducing uh, the fun, or this would be a very dour and dreary show. Uh, but we are back next week with the dark shit. 
And uh, I'm really excited because it's one of my favorite uh, new filmmakers, along with Daniels and uh, and a few others. But, uh, yeah, Robert Eggers, see you next week. Make sure you subscribe, follow us on all the things. Make sure you like the videos and, and interact in any way you can. It really boosts our signal. And uh, follow me on Slob Thomas. Follow him at Corey with a story. Corey, you uh, got a sign off? Uh, no, just if you haven't seen... If you haven't seen every, everything everywhere at once, go see it. And then while you're seeing it, the trailer for the Northman plays. And if that trailer doesn't sell you on that movie, nothing will, because it looks fucking nuts. I I saw it at the Manor, so I didn't. There they don't do big trailers there, which I love. Oh, gotcha. I was. Uh, I, I like seeing trailers, but when it's a half hour of trailers, I want to just die. Uh, yeah, no, I feel you. That I, I the Alamo Draft House I saw this at was uh, I think we had like fifteen minutes of trailers. That was it. It's it. They do more like uh like more like event movie style theater. I guess. All right. Sort of All right. See but you yeah. next week, folks. Or whenever. Later. Two weeks. Whenever. You never know. <laughs>